When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hurricanes brace along with another Ben Davis away goal and a first for Musa Sissoko saw Spurs dismantle Huddersfield by four goals to nil at the John Smith Stadium. We discuss another big away win on the road as we have the last word on Spurs. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! That is schoolboy's own stuff. And still Ricky Villa! What a fantastic run! He scored! show where we have the last word on Spurs. You can follow us across a range of different social media platforms. We are on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram too. You should also now be able to hear the show over a variety of different platforms including Audio Boom, iTunes and Acast. On tonight's show we'll be discussing the 4-0 win over Huddersfield We'll be taking your questions for our panel as always. We'll be also doing a quick assessment of the season so far. But before we talk all things Tottenham Hotspur tonight, let's introduce the panel talking us through the next hour. I am pleased to say first up on the show, we have got Mr Jason McGovern back with us. Jason, how are you? Very good, mate. And 40 years on from attending my first ever away game, it was good to pick up another three points on the road. Was indeed. And what an emphatic way to do it, Jason. We'll be talking about that very, very shortly. And joining Jason tonight, I'm delighted to say, making their debuts, I have got Ben and Sim on the line here from We Are Tottenham TV. Chaps, Ben, how are you firstly? I'm very good, mate. Thanks for having us on. Oh, really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to having yeah. you, Ben. And Sim, how are you? Cheers, Ricky. Yeah, all good, man. All good. Thanks, thanks for having us on. No worries. Pleasure. What a week it's been, guys. Eh? Not a bad week to be a Tottenham fan. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, 4-0 away win. You can't really complain, can you? No, you can't indeed. You can't indeed. Well, let's start with the breaking news tonight, which will be tomorrow for you guys listening to the pod. And that is that Harry Winks has become the latest Pochettino prodigy to be inducted into the England squad. Jace, let's get your reaction first, because you gave us a little hint last week that this could be on the cards. Yeah, I said if he if he played 20 games, he'd, he'd be on the plane to Russia. And he, instead of needing 20 games, it looks like he's only needed two this week. <laughs> so, um, no, it's fantastic news for him. I'm not in the least bit surprised. Um, we've, we've said, haven't we, in, in recent games and even last season, what an intelligent little footballer he is. And, he, and he's exactly the type of player that England needs. So, I'm not in the least bit in the least bit surprised. No. Come over to you, Ben. He becomes the 20th player coached by Maurizio Pochettino in under five years to receive an England cap. I mean, what Poch is doing with these players, Ben, it's incredible, isn't it? 
Oh, it's just mental. And as Gareth Southgate said, Pochettino is England's secret weapon, you know? <laughs> he is. It's incredible. <laughs> it really, really is. Sim, coming over to you. I mean, since Pochettino took charge of Spurs, they're now the first as the club who provided the most England players. I mean, what do you put this down to, Sim? We're seeing Pochettino now recognised rightly as one of the best coaches, if not in England, but in the whole of Europe at the moment. He is just unbelievable at coaching these young players and he's always done it throughout his, throughout his career as Spaniel at Southampton and now at Spurs. He brings through the, the English youth and he really gives them a chance and he believes in them and the way he coaches players, that he gets them so fit and, and gets them on top of their game that whenever they come on the pitch, they're ready, they're, they're, every level is playing the same way, the same philosophy and that's why he's one of the best coaches in the, in the Premier League and probably in world football at the moment. Jace, let's bring it then to the Huddersfield game. I think you were one of the ones that said out there that we have to go into this game, kill it nice and early. And Jace, I mean, really, I don't think we expected it to be as over as quick as it was. I mean, what did you make of the performance, Jace? Well, it was an outstanding first half and uh, 3-0 was probably the the least the scoreline could have been. You know, I, I thought we got in and behind them as early. I think it was within the first minute where, where Kane uh, had a great chance to score and, and you thought, you know, it was far too easy to get in and behind them. And then every time we came forward, it looked like we'd, we'd get a chance. You know, Kane's running at the top of the net. You had the Deli Alley striking the post. You had so many situations where we seemed to be just running three on three. And I, I was astonished when uh, when their manager said afterwards that he felt confident that, that they could defend, you know, be brave and, and try and defend one-on-one against us. And I think if, if Huddersfield want to play like that, they'll get ripped apart by by all of the top six but you know that that shouldn't detract from our performance we were outstanding and and of course um, our top class striker was uh, on top class form once again yeah I mean he's absolutely fighting at the moment Harry Kane isn't he let's come over to you Ben let's get your analysis of the game what did you make of it yeah I felt kind of Wagner built his own grave kind of because you can't set up like that against Spurs and expect to find success um you know, kind of like if you want to play against Spurs, you need to be compact and sit back and kind of catch us on the counter. Um, but having said that, we were amazing in that first half and 3 0 after 25 minutes kind of said it all. Second half, I was a bit, I was a bit downhearted because I thought we could have cracked on, got a few more goals. We really need to keep up with United and City in the goal front because they're really running away with it at the moment. Yeah, they are. They are indeed. Sim, what do you make of that? Uh, the comment there from Ben about potentially we took our, you know, our foot off the gas second half. Do you think that's the case? I think I think it's definitely true. We did take our, our foot off the gas, but I think it was kind of warranted seeing as we had that midweek game in Cyprus and we had a very absorbing game a week before in, against West Ham. So it was a culmination of a, um, a lot of energy used in that week. And I, I felt like in the second half, we just felt like we'd won the game early. And I, I've seen the top teams do this so many times, just see out the game, be professional about it. And, and maybe we could have got a few more goals. We did end up getting one more goal in the second half at the end of the day with Sissoko. But it, um, you could see Pochettino was visibly angry in that second half with how things were going and how we how we had taken off, off the gas. But I think you could kind of argue they had a right to, in a way, because it, just to see out the game and just uh, n- not exude too much energy in that second half, seeing, seeing as we were already 3-0 up. Um, I don't know, there's two ways of looking at it. Maybe we could have gone for more goals and and just really kill them, go for five or six. You've got to but... go for more goals and, and get the goal difference. Mm, at the moment, know, yeah. I, it's it's difficult. Because yeah. then if a player gets injured or whatnot, yeah. then people start complaining. And yeah. I don't know. I think you see. I just, I just think you see a lot of the top teams do this. Just see out the game in the second half when when it's already won, and yeah. that's what we did. We did indeed. We did indeed. Jace, let's bring it back to the starting lineup. We saw Harry Winks talking about him tonight. The England potential debutant making his first start of the season. Kieran Trippier started in place of Sir Juria. We had Christian Eriksen back, and Jace, look at that bench, and you think to yourself, we had Lorente, Son, and Sissoko on there. And that's not bad considering we had Uria, Wanyama, Dembele, Rose, and Lamella out. I mean, it's still a st- strong bench, Jace. Yeah, I don't think as more and more of those players come back, that bench, I mean, I've said it before, haven't I? Our squad's a lot deeper than, than people give it credit for. Our bench only looks weak because of, you know, you're, you're facing seven or eight players missing, whereas most clubs who have three or four, then the bench can look strong. And, and that was the way it was Saturday. But, you know, we, we never even needed a bench Saturday. We could have just played 11 and we could have probably just taken a couple of players off and play with nine and we'd still look <laughs> good enough. I mean, it was that comfortable, wasn't it? And, 
you know, as the, as the boys said, whilst their second half display wasn't anywhere near as dominant as such as the first half, you know, they never really threatened at all in that second half. And it was just, it was as if both sets of teams were quite happy just to, to play the game out. But, you know, we still had our, our chances in that second half. Harry could still have easily ended up with his hat-trick going. He turned Eric Dyer's flick on in. Ali still got in and behind a couple of times. And, and then obviously Sissoko had... And a chance even then before he scored. So, you know, we could, we could have still added more goals in that second half. But, no, the bench, I, th- I think the squad is looking better and better every week. And, um, you know, times look good for us, don't they? Let's be fair. They do indeed. Just to give you a second, Jace, just to get your analysis of that first goal. I mean, it just seemed like Huddersfield's first mistake in the game was so ruthlessly punished by Kane. And it's getting to that situation now, Jace, that when you look at Kane, you know he's going to score. There's not even a doubt in any of our minds that he's going to hit the target. I mean, Jace is a lethal predator at the moment, isn't he? Well, well, you're right. Once, once the um, their right back had, had missed the chance to try and intercept the ball from from Trippier's header, as soon as it fell to him, it, he was was jumping off the sofa singing "Goal" before it had, before he even <laughs> gone into the box. He just knew he would score. I mean, it is his levels at the moment are, are outrageous, aren't they? I mean, you know, I, I have the debate, or rather, I'm against the debate that he's. He's world class. I call calling him top class, but the stats and the numbers that he's racking up at the moment are world class numbers. He's just phenomenal form that he's in. Yeah, I mean, joint top scorer in the Premier League and outright top scorer in the Champions League. I mean, that's elite in itself. He's now tied to Glenn Hoddle in all-time goal score for Tottenham Hotspur, and he's done it in 319 fewer matches. And Glenn was some special player. Let's come across to you, Ben. What can you tell yeah. us better about Harry Kane? Because on this pod, we don't want to sound like a broken record, but we seem to be <laughs> repeating ourselves. What can you tell us, Ben, that we haven't heard before? Because the guy is just he's formidable, isn't he? Yeah, he's just unbelievable. There's, I don't think there is much I can tell you that you haven't heard before. <laughs> <laughs> the guy is just, he's literally like superhuman. Right? He's on Messi and Ronaldo stats at the moment. What was yeah. it, 36 yeah. goals in his last 31 games? Yeah, I mean, it's, again, frightening, isn't it? It really is. What the hell is that? I, I, don't, you know? I don't know. I mean, I say, you just can't compare him. I mean, Sim, to you, I mean, you look at any other strikers in the league, I mean, there is Lukaku there, Morata, you would argue, those kind of the three, I mean, Arsenal will say Lacazette's in there. But I've got to be honest with you and say, even with Aguero, if you offered me any of them, I wouldn't stop him for Kane. Would you, Sim? Not at all. Not, definitely not. He's 24 years old. Mm. He's literally done it as soon as he broke in the team. This is, this is phenomenal. No one's ever done that before. Just breaking the team and just all of a sudden get 20 goals a season straight away. He didn't even have a season where he got 10 or anything like that. Just straight away, bang, 20 goals. And he is just, he is intent on, on, um, on what's called proving anyone who had any doubts about him in any situation wrong. Don't be, don't be surprised to see him at international level start scoring even more regularly than he has at, at World Cups and at Euros because that's the next doubt people have about him. Can he do it at the World Cup? Can he do it at the Euros? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts doing that. And even that, he has, what, 10 goals in 20 caps now for England. Yeah. So he, he, he's absolutely phenomenal and his attitude is, is also another thing that takes him above any other striker. He's always, always our first line of defence. He works so hard for the team and, he, and he, he's so good at holding up the ball, bringing the other players into play. He is the perfect striker and we're just so lucky that he came for our academy and he's one of our own. Yeah, we are indeed. I really are men those thoughts. And I think also you have to remember, I mean, I think at 3-0, I'm seeing the chat pressing the ball and you're thinking, this guy's work rate. I mean, he's just, it's like you said there, it's super human-like. It really, really is. I mean, coming over to you, Jay, what we're starting to see now, which is unusual, is that there's opposing fans now starting to actually give the guy credit. And we're seeing that when he came off, Jace, all four corners of that stand applauded him and gave him a standing ovation. Now, what does that say about Harry Kane as a player and a person, Jace? Well, I think, I think you know, I'm trying to think if Huddersfield have had any big cup ties in recent years because probably for the vast majority of those Huddersfield fans, probably certainly those that are, are under 50 years of age, he's probably the best player they've ever seen. Because, because you think, you know, they, they've been outside the top flight for so long. They've waited to go into the Premier League. They're finally in there. And, and by the luck of the fixture list, we're the, the first big team to go there. So, you know, they haven't seen Rashford or they haven't seen Aguero or anything yet. And so he probably is the best player they, they've seen. And I think that, you know, their their uh, reception of him and, and the, the praise they gave him just highlights that fact. You know, most teams we're used to, in the original days, booing him and the one-season wonder. And Whereas you think Huddersfield are just looking at, well, 
this bloke's got some fantastic ability. We, we just don't see that here. And I think that that's what it screamed of to me. I think, you know, the only problem will be for England is he doesn't have Ericsson behind him. You know, when you've got Jordan <laughs> Henderson and, and Fabian Delph. And, Jake Livermore. You know, Jake Livermore. Yeah. Like that. Jake Livermore trying to give you the ball. You know, he'll be lucky to score one goal next summer. But, you know, <laughs> if we can somehow get Ericsson into the team as, as well as Ali, then you might see his output go up even better for England. Well, yeah. we've got Winks now there, so hopefully I'll be more. Great point. It's a great point. We have got Winks there most certainly. I mean, and on Kane again, it's 25 of the 26 different teams he's faced now. He's scored against 27 Premier League goals in 2017. He's slowly closing on the record of the 36 held by Alan Shearer. And also, let's not forget, he also equals that record of Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo for the most goals in a month. Just staggering. I mean, whatever we say about Harry Kane, there won't be enough. Guys, we have to talk about Ben Davis. Let's come over to you, Ben. Um, yeah. Funny enough, for your namesake, Ben Davis. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say about him, Ben, that we haven't before again with, with Davis because, again, you know, people are going to be asking the question that we've heard this week. Danny Rose may be back for the Champions League game against Real Madrid. And I can tell you, when I put that on Twitter, I can't tell you, I think 99.9% of the people said, well, Davis is going to start. Rose is, I tell you what, Rose is going to have a difficult job here, Ben, getting back into this team, isn't he? Hundred percent. Like Ro, if Rose thinks he can just get fit and walk straight back in the team, especially after what he said in the summer, he's got another thing coming. He's yeah. got to do a lot to push the Ben Davis out of the team because bloody hell, he's having a good season. And I can't, I can't see Rose getting back in the side really. But having said that, Poch does like to rotate his uh, his fullbacks, so I guess they will both get time. But Rose is going to have. Got a lot of making up to do, to be honest. Yeah, yes, indeed. Sim, come over to you. I mean, the improvement, the commitment, the attitude of this guy. Uh, you've got to love him, haven't you, Davis? He just seems so down yeah. to earth and humble. And again, you have to say, it's going to be so hard at the moment to displace both the fullbacks at the moment. And that's given Trippier as well, because he's been brilliant as well, Sim. Yeah, absolutely. And his, his attitude is absolutely first class. You can even see it in the 90, uh, was it third, third minute of the game against Huddersfield. He's the one streaming forward, getting the assist for Musa Soko. He never stops running. His stamina is incredible. And could you argue he's the form left back in the Premier League at the moment? You probably right. could. Yeah. Are you, are you, you know, who, who, who's better than him at the moment in the Premier League? He's getting assists every game. He's a constant threat. I think his delivery is absolutely first class. Um, he's such good, such good quality on the ball, like his passing and his distribution, which I think is better than Rose. What Rose um, has ahead of him, which, which Davis admitted in an interview, is that in one-on-one situations, Rose probably, with his speed, probably um, is better than Davis. But I think Davis's positional sense, his, his defensive um, sense as well, is also probably better than Rose, you could argue. What Rose has ahead of him is his dribbling, and he gets in the box a lot quicker, but... Davis is phenomenal and he's having such a good season. And he's not a natural left wing back as well. Yeah. yeah. Great point. Yeah. 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 He's centre back as well, left, left centre back, which he proved against Nicosia. Yeah. He's a, he's a great, a great addition to the squad. And he's also so young. How old is he? 23, 24? Yeah. Yeah, you've got to say, so young. There's so much potential there. And again, directly involved in six of our last nine, well, six of his last nine Premier League appearances, the three goals and the three assists. And then you look at Trippier coming over to you, Jace. He's recorded more Premier League assists than any defender in 2017. Six of them have been for Harry Kane. He created more chances than any player on the field on Saturday against Huddersfield. Jace, these fullbacks, I mean, what is Potch doing with them? Because he does seem to have a habit, Jace, of being able to, you know, regularly get them to perform, whereas Pep Guardiola, every summer, has to go and buy them. <laughs> Jace, what do you think? Well, we um, we praised them both last week, didn't we? We did. We, hey, you know, they've, they've got a great understanding, I think, of their roles within the squad. They, they've got great attitudes. I think it was, was good to see Sky, um, in their pre-match build-up, featuring the pair of them, because, you know, everyone talks about us as being Kane and Ali and Toby and Ericsson and players like that. And it is good to see the the, the unsung players in the squad starting to receive the, the praise that they deserve. And you can't speak highly enough of them. They, they're doing it week in, week out for us. You know, Trippier had a, a little one or two, should we say, below par games at the start of the season, but he, he picked up that injury, didn't he, in, in the uh, in the pre-season friendly, and I think now he's back to full fitness and that. We're, we're seeing the same strengths that he showed throughout last year when he came into the team. 
Yep, we are indeed. I mean, like I said, we got to half-time, 3-0 up. I mean, it, it had been nothing short of magnificent in terms of the goals that we scored. We were, like I said, in the title, dismantling Huddersfield. And coming across back to you, Ben, I mean, there's been times in the past where Spurs under Pochettino, there's been an argument away from home that we don't kill games off. But we literally, in that first half, Ben, we suffocated them, didn't we, the opponent? And you could probably argue that's maybe why second half, like we've spoke about, maybe we took our foot slightly off the, off the pace. Yeah, but I think you could see by last season we were starting to kill teams off. And True. Yeah, it's a fair point. Towards and the end look of the season. Yeah. Performers, you know, our last eight away games, we've literally killed off all of them. Mm. Yeah, no, complete fair point. Fair point. Sim, you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. I think um, that under Pochettino, we, we seem to last the game longer than most other teams. I think he's really given us that killer instinct. But I think, to be fair, I think Huddersfield did play into our hands a bit. I think if you look at how teams like Swansea set up and how Burnley set up, that is really how you need to play against uh, Spurs if you're going to try try your best to get a result. If you obviously have, if you have the quality of teams like Man City and or Liverpool, you can try and press high, you, and you and you'll probably be um, if you have the quality, you'll probably be you'll probably be good enough. But I think if you're a team like Huddersfield, it was very naive of them to uh, come out like they did. And I think that it was it was it wasn't going to work from the offset, and I think it was easy for us to kill off the game early on. Yeah, My... I agree. I mean, there wasn't many negatives of the day itself, but there was one slight one. Coming over to you, Jace, and we love this bloke, Deli Ali. I have to ask you, Jace, what did you make of that? Oh, I can't describe anything else. It was simulation. Why did he do it, Jason? Does he need to do that when he's a fabulous player with all the talent in the world? Was it simulation? I thought it was a nailed-on penalty, mate. <laughs> You got those, and you got Arsenal Wiggers glasses on again, Jason. <laughs> no, I'm surprised the keeper stayed on the pitch. It was a dreadful foul. No, I mean, <laughs> is Mike Dean here? <laughs> no, seriously, that um, no, wasn't very clever, and, and it's something you know. I, I talk about game craft, and, and I don't mind players buying fouls, and I don't mind players drawing them. But it was a let's be fair, it was a pretty embarrassing thing, and and the danger with that is that that referee or, or another referee will, will think twice when he sees Ali mm. go down. Yep. And there will come the time when he will get get fouled and, and it should be a penalty. And it, those types of things tend to come in, in the games where you, you might be 1-0 down or, or they're in the games against the top six where a referee won't give it. And it, it comes back to bite you. And, and I'm pleased Pochettino has, has come out and, and said, you know, he needs to talk to him. and it, It's something the club doesn't want to see. But other than that, uh, it was a performance from Deli Ali that reminded me of the West Ham one. There was a lot of things that he got wrong on the day. A lot of times he was looking. I thought he was looking for fouls more often than not than than being the Deli Ali we know. And yet, again, he was involved with the move for um, for for um, the second goal for Ben Davis. He was involved with winning the ball at the end and making the late run that that ends up finishing with Musa Sissoko scoring. The fact that he did run in and behind to get into the position to to dive, he was. I think even the first goal where Kane scored, uh, had Kane squared it. Deli Ali was totally on his own. He hit the post, and so you're still thinking. You know, there's still a lot in the game, even though it wasn't his best performance. There's still a hell of a lot he got right in the game, and yeah. I think that's that's just the. And that's why I say, as frustrating as his form is at the moment, I don't think he's that far away from being back to the levels we saw last year because. You know, as I say, there's five good examples of, of how well he was playing Saturday, despite being a long way from his best. Yeah, I mean, just on the simulation, Pochettino did say that he must learn. It hurts him, it hurts the team, and it hurts football. So, I mean, it is great to see Pochettino not standing for that. And again, I think some clubs in the past, you get managers out there that deny seeing it. They don't want to talk about it. But Pochettino, upfront, honest, said it himself. doesn't want to see it on the football pitch. Coming over to you, Ben, just to stick on Deli Ali for a second. I mean... I can't really work it out because he's got enough skill in his locker to punish teams without resorting to it. Can you understand, Ben, why in his mind he would do that? Because he could have scored as well, let's not forget that. He looked like, potentially, he had the opportunity to score there. You know, he's such a good player. He's got the world at his feet, literally, if he wants it to be there. But sometimes when things aren't going for you, you try and make it happen, kind of force it. Try get a foul or penalty. Um, but things aren't going for him at the moment, and his body language also, to me, doesn't doesn't sit right. I don't know what you think about his body language. I mean, um, is this just out of interest, Ben? You say the body language is that since the agent talk, or are you talking from a general perspective this season? Uh, since since kind of agent talk, the last three three four weeks. Mm. I mean, I said to Jace, I said to you off there, Jace, very quickly about you know the fact that I saw him having a right moan 
uh, I think Christian Eriksen on Saturday, but then you rightly came back to me and said, I think, who did you see having a right moan? You said to me you saw other couple of players, and it doesn't mean anything, does it, Jason, if you do see that sometimes? No, because I, I think the, the chance where the goalkeeper missed his kick and Kane picks on the ball and, and tries to go round him and had the shot that the keeper saved, if you actually look at Ben Davis, Ben Davis was doing his nut at Kane for not squaring it. So, you know, just because... Just because there's there's a difference between an on-field argument where players are squabbling at a corner, literally between themselves, um, and there's there's a difference in you know players arguing that you should have squared the ball to me when I was in a better position. So, and, and let's be fair, none of us are psychologists who, who are inside the head of Deli Ali. So, you know, I can't I can't profess to be the, the uh, professor in uh, body language reading. That's for sure. It is difficult. I mean, coming over to you there, Sim, you would think yep. after the week he's had in relation to the England incident where he ended up getting a ban, you would think he would want to try and stay out of trouble and just have a quiet, well, I say quiet yep. week, you want him to be on the right side of the of the newspapers, not the wrong side. So therefore, I have to ask the same question to you, Sim. Can you understand his actions on Saturday? It's just so needless, isn't it? I agree, especially with 3-0 up. He has actually could have had a little, tried a little dink over the keeper or something mm, yeah, to exactly. you know, yep. the goal. Um, it was a really poor decision to dive, but I, but I think there's a narrative forming over Deli Ali, which I don't really agree with. That he's just a bad guy, not a bad like a. He's kind of he misbehaves a lot. He's immature and stuff. And obviously, I think the ban for England was absolutely ridiculous. It should, it should never have been a ban. It was just no. a bit of ban to teammates. I thought, I, I, even though it was in it was in an England game, I thought it was absolutely ridiculous that FIFA took exception to this obscene gesture, which was a middle finger. I mean, how old are they, for God's sake? Um, and I think I think you don't perform um, as consistently and as well as Deli Ali did last season if you're not a mature player. So I think um, the I think the narrative around Deli Ali is a bit of a false one. However, the dive was a bit of a was a bit of a shocker to be to be yeah. fair. I mean, I just uh, speak about his maturity there, just sim very quickly. I mean, we saw, yeah. I think, against Newcastle well on the opening day, he got absolutely levered by uh, John Joe Shelby. He didn't react. He ended up getting sent off. So we are seeing slowly, Sim, that level of maturity, maybe not necessarily on Saturday or at England, but there is there is elements of it in his game we are seeing. I've seen players like Steven Gerrard take shocking dives, you know. It doesn't mean that they, they weren't mature players. How things happen in 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 the game, but I don't think it, it should form a whole narrative for his whole career. I think Ali is he's still only twenty one. He's 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 growing as a player. He will make mistakes, but I think at this level of the moment, he's very mature. For, for, I think he's very mature for his age, in my opinion. Just on it, Rick. Alan yep. Shearer, I think, dug him out. And whilst we can agree with some of what Shearer said, Alan Shearer said, "Oh, at his age, he should have gone beyond it." That's the same Alan Shearer that at the age of thirty got booked for diving by England. Well, yeah, good point. Yeah, exactly. Very good point. Like I say, Deli Ali, fine player. I'm sure he will come again. One player at the moment, Jace, came back around you that is coming regularly, week upon week. He was ill the week before, but Christian Eriksen at the moment, Jace. I mean, I I'm running out of superlatives for him. I'm sure you are, Jace. What do you make of his performance again on Saturday? Strong again, isn't it? We're, we're seeing the, the 90 minute performances we want from him. And um, <laughs> you're right, we're, we're going through the list of players every week with, yeah. with all the same things we just it's the same results every week the the same consistency every week and they're delivering everything you want them to do at the moment so you know again an exceptional performance from him well let me ask you then Jace let's try and change up a bit with regards to Ericsson what does he have to do Jace in your opinion to be considered at that next level or is he already doing it for you it just needs to be maybe looked at by I don't know certain pundits out there to recognize how good he is I mean, again, his stats are exceptional. I don't know what more you can do than than keep doing the things that you are. I mean, it's the same with 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 Kane, with Ali, even with with Ming Song last year, isn't it? When when a backup player scores twenty one goals, mm. I mean, how much do you have to do to to be seen as a big player? I, you know, I think there just seems this this view that unless you're doing it for Man United or Manchester City, it doesn't count as much as if you're doing it for Tottenham. But you know, we finished third two years ago. We were second last year. We're in the race again, despite being the Harry Kane team. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. we've, we've now gone into the Champions League. The players are starting to do it in the Champions League. <laughs> I think, you know, as far as Tottenham fans, you just think, look, if the media don't want to rate them, you know, I'm almost fed up with the media. Don't, don't worry about them 
rating them. Just let them do the play, the business for Tottenham. Let them play as they are, and, and that's good enough for me. Yeah. And if people don't, if people, if that's not good enough to be considered as world class or top class or as one of the best number tens in the Premier League, well, so be it. I, I'm really not fussed. Yeah, I mean, Eric's at the moment he's creating more chances than any player in the Premier League since the start of the season. 128. That was actually of last season. So that tells you just out of that time how good and consistent he's been. I mean, Ben. Ericsson, how good is he in your opinion? Ah, oh, just unbelievable. Like, if you go back to last season and you look at the first half of the season, a lot of Spurs fans were actually slating him. Um, a few Spurs fans that I spoke to said that they wouldn't even mind selling him, and I thought that was that was mad. Anyway, he picked up his form second half of the season and just had a stormer, and he's actually taken it to a next level this season. Yeah. If I was actually the Barcelona manager in the summer, I would have gone flat out for Ericsson because I think he's head and shoulders over Coutinho or Ozil or anyone like that. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people, it's funny you said that, Ben, a lot of people were saying they probably targeted the wrong one, which was thankful for us. Let's hope, yeah, yeah. Let's hope in January they keep targeting the wrong one because I think Ericsson at the moment, I've seen Coutinho's goal against um, Newcastle. Don't get me wrong, a fabulous strike, but Ericsson week upon week coming over to use him. He's, he's yeah. like a postman. He's continually delivering, isn't he? Yeah, he's so much more consistent than Coutinho. Coutinho gets one of those goals like one every seven games or something and everyone goes crazy and starts, you know, doing, saying he's going to Barcelona and whatever. I'm too honest, I'm quite happy Ericsson's yeah, going under. Yeah, I'm actually radar, yeah. happy because otherwise people like Barcelona or Real Madrid are going to come in for him. And quite honestly, I think he's good enough for those clubs. I think he, he's. I think the way he has started the season this season, how he's getting his, his assistant goal so consistently and he's so central to how we play. Um, I think he, I think he's an absolute phenomenal player, and he's definitely in his position. I believe he's the best in the Premier League, and I think we're so lucky to have him. And how much are we signed for? Eleven million? Yeah, like absolute, absolute bargain. Uh, if you know, well, only good thing. Well, one of the only good things to come out of the bail money was Christian Eriksen, and he's developed into one of the best players in Europe in his position. So we're so lucky to have him. Yeah, we are indeed. And again, we saw three 0 up. Second half, Pochettino not happy, comes out of his technical area, barking for more, more from the players. We got the fourth. Jace, Musa Sissoko, it's been accredited to him, the goal. <laughs> what, what can we say, Jace? Because this guy, I mean, he, he is slowly, we're seeing, turning opinion, Jace. Oh, it's fantastic to hear them all singing his name at the end. And, Great, wasn't it? And I, like this, I like this new wake me up before you go, go. Who needs Bell when you've got Sissoko? That's got to be the song that, that goes round for him. That's uh, whoever came up with that. That's a brilliant one. And that no, was just good to see him score, wasn't it? It was a it's a, a sign of of more progress from him. Okay, it was a, a scrappy goal, and you know I'm sure if he gets another goal, it will be a lot better than that one. And, and the first chance he had, he probably should have hit a lot harder than he did. But it's just. It's just inch by inch getting better for him and, and there's less and less critics for him and, and that can only be good. You know, it's lifting his confidence. I think it, it helps the other players in the side that if, if his confidence goes up and he starts playing well and shows a little bit of belief, then the rest of the players will, will, um, will play better with him because of that. You know, they'll start to trust him. They'll think, no, we can give him the ball here and there. And so, you know, it's just a sign, as I say, of, of more progress that his season's having. There's still a long way to go, but every week he just gets that little bit better. And we're now up to, what, a six and a half out of ten Moussa Sissoko overall. And <laughs> yeah, suddenly yeah. £30 million doesn't look, he still looks an expensive price. But maybe instead of last year he looked a £5 million player. Now maybe we're up to, I don't know, a £15 million player. Yeah, the price is slowly dropping. By the, well, I say dropping. It turns out the, the value now we're seeing. That getting we are, more value out of him. We are, we are most certainly getting more value out of him. I mean, coming over to you, Ben, you guys, you both, Ben and Sim, you've been on the road. But Ben, tell us, are you slowly starting to see the opinion change of him whilst you've been on the road this season? Oh, 100%. Sissoko was basically the scapegoat out of every, every game that we didn't do well in that he played. And slowly, slowly, by each performance, it's getting gradually better and better. He, the what was it last game? Not the Huddersfield game. The game before Nicosia. that, Nicosia, Nicosia. He had a shot. He had a shot uh, that actually was a good shot, <laughs> which is a lot. Of <laughs> exactly, he didn't go miles wide. Didn't go miles over. Um, and against Huddersfield, he had another shot. Yeah, it was weak, but it was on target. And then he scored a goal. So it's getting better and better for him. And we're starting to see the player that we thought we had signed, albeit it's in centre mid and not on the wing. Well, he just, it's because he set the bar so low. Yeah, it? <laughs> that, that, that is just, it's, it's, it's good to see an improvement, but it's not like we're seeing world-class performances yet. But I think it's good. And I think, I think it's a bit of a pattern, though, I think, in terms of how 
like when was it two seasons ago we Lamella had a, a bid rejected on deadline day. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. came back and he came back and started performing really well. Him and Son as well. He nearly went to Wolfsburg on deadline day. He came back and started smashing it. And it looks yeah. like Stoko's also also had a bid de- rejected on deadline day and he's come back in the squad. So I think Poch has a thing about re- motivating players who are, who are very close to leaving. Seems to be a pattern there. It does indeed. I mean, he's started to become looking like a Pochettino-type player. He's buying into the philosophy. I don't know if saw it, the video when the guys were coming off and Pochettino was waiting for them on the touchline. He gave Musa Sissoko a massive bear hug. I mean, there definitely seems to be a bromance <laughs> yeah. there forming. It, it really is. I mean, and again, you have to say, fantastic performance. I mean... It's funny, going into that game, Huddersfield Town, they had the third best defence in the Premier League until Harry Kane showed up. The result meant <laughs> it was 14 consecutive Premier League matches now against newly promoted teams that Spurs have won. It's the first time also we won our first four opening league games away since the 60-61 season. And Jason, even you can't remember that, can you? What happened that year? Oh, what happened that year? Was it the famous double? The famous double, wasn't it, that year? So, yeah, it's good signs for this year, mate. Good signs. was good signs for this year. Well, guys, what we're going to do, we're going to go for a very quick break, and then after, we're going to take your questions for tonight's panel, and we'll do in a quick assessment of the season so far, and where will it take us? We'll be back after this very short break. Welcome to Loan Watch, a weekly update on our players out on loan. Starting in America this week, Defender Anton Walks played twice for Atlanta United. The first, a 3-0 home win versus Philadelphia Union. The second, a goalless draw away at New England Revolution. In Turkey, Vincent Janssen played 73 minutes as Fenerbahce lost 1-0 away to Alcazar. In the Skybet Championship, Josh Onoma has made two substitute appearances for Aston Villa this week. The first was in a 4-0 away win over Burton Albion. Uh, Josh actually scored Villa's fourth goal of the game with a simple tap-in. Josh's other uh, substitute appearance was in the home win over Bolton Wanderers, uh, which Villa won by a scoreline of one goal to nil. Staying in the championship, Cameron Carter-Vickers made two full appearances for Sheffield United. The first, a 2-0 home win over Wolverhampton Wanderers. The second, a 2-1 away defeat to Nottingham Forest. And finally, Connor Ogilvy played twice for Gillingham this week. The first, a 0-0 draw at home to Scunthorpe United in what was Gillingham's first game since they axed their manager, while the second was a narrow 1-0 defeat away to promotion hopefuls Blackburn Rovers. In the UEFA Youth League, we recently played Applewell's under-19s, and despite dominating the game from start to finish, we unfortunately lost 1-0 to a rather nice free kick from Konstantinos. Uh, The result follows the 4-0 win over Borussia Dortmund on match day one. And next up is Real Madrid away, as the UEFA Youth League mimics the fixtures of the first team. That's it for this week. Speak to you next week, and come on you Spurs! Hello guys, welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. As always, we ask you to get your questions into us every week. You can do that by tweeting us at Last Word on Spurs. Leave in your question with the hashtag LWOS. Now guys, as always, you get into us in your numbers, so we really appreciate every single question we get. Let's start off with you tonight, Jace. We have got a question here from Grant Blackwell, at Grant J. Blackwell, who says, what does... Kevin and Kudu have to do to get minutes on the pitch, Jace. Change his club. Move to another club, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised to see that question come up because when you scored 10 goals in a week away from home and, what is it, 25 goals in their last six away games, I can't I can't really see why you would want Kudu on the pitch at the moment with, with great respect to him. You know, the players that are on there are, are, are doing their business. Huming Son wasn't on the pitch on, on Saturday and you, you would say that he'd be the, the first one if we need to change as he was in, in Cyprus when Ali was suspended. Uh, with that wing-back system, is there really a place for a for an out-and-out winger that Nkudu's been played at? So, you know, all he can do, I mean, if, if, if he wants to force his way into the side, he's just got to make the best of those Carabao Cups when they come up, uh, the odd FA Cup tie. And, and, you know, even when he came on for... 20 minutes in Cyprus, he didn't really look look great, and he's he's got to do enough in those those few minutes to to force his way in. But in fairness, part of that as well is 
that Ali and Son have got to be hopelessly out of form before you you turn to Ancuda. You know, perhaps if we lost the next eight games in a row, well, you might that. give him a go. But <laughs> none of us want that to happen. And no. I just can't see. I just can't see him getting game time at all. No. It's a difficult one, isn't it? I think, like you said there, Jace, I think the domestic cups is going to probably be its best opportunity. Let's go around to the boys. Let's come to you first, Ben. We've got a question here from GB at Gouldbeb. What a name that is. Who says... Is that Gap Bell? <laughs> I don't know, maybe, possibly. Um, <laughs> he says, should Ali be dropped for Son based on his current form? Good question. What do you think, Ben? Um, it's a tough question. I think... I don't think anyone's Ali or Son should be definitely in the starting eleven. I think you've got to play to who you're playing against, and I think Pochettino does that very well. Like in the Champions League, I know he's been suspended, but Son has been very good. And Ali, I don't know. He hasn't had such a good season so far, but I back him to turn it around, and I don't think Son should start ahead of him. Okay, fair enough. Sim, would you agree with that? Hard question, isn't it? Uh, it's a very tough question. I think Son is actually, whenever he's been called upon, he's always done a job. Um, it depends. It depends what you're talking about. If you're saying, if if should Son be on our strongest eleven ahead of Ali? Well, you could you could argue maybe we should go to four at the back if we're, if our strongest eleven and put them both in. But yeah. it's, uh, that's another option. But it's it's a difficult question. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would keep Ali in because even in his worst period, he's still contributing to goals. He's still getting assists. He's still coming up those moments. So I would still back Ali, but Son um, always so, does well when he's called upon. It's a great headache to have. It's a fantastic headache to it? have. What a dilemma that is. I mean, Jace, coming over to you, we know of Ali, don't we, that the longer you leave him on the pitch, there's always that opportunity he's going to score for you. Son, we've seen it before, Jace. There's games where he's incredible. There's games where he goes missing. I mean, it's a difficult question. Jace, where do you, what side of the fence do you sit on? Well, I think, you know, we are seeing, obviously, a choice at the moment because of the suspension. But I, I think when you reach a stage where that suspension's over and they're both genuinely available, I don't. I think one of the boys just said it. I don't see it as Ali against Son. I see it as more Ali against Sanchez. Oh, sorry, Son against Sanchez. It's really hard to, to know which way to go. Jace, we're going to stick with you. We've got a question here from Dianess Miracar at Miracard DN, I hope I've pronounced that right, who says, how different is Winks to the other centre midfielders we have in the squad? Good question, Jace. What do you make of that one? Well, I think when Yama and Dyer are obviously they're a little bit more defensive-minded, and, and incidentally, I thought Eric Dyer had, a, had a, a terrific game in Cyprus and on Saturday. They're obviously the more defensive, physically stronger one. Dembele really drives the ball forward with his, his body strength. Winks is just a really clever passer. As I say, he takes it in tight areas and moves the ball really quickly. Or it's, and you know, his his strength is passing it, and Dembele's is running with it. I think that's the big difference between the two. Yeah, coming over to you, Ben Gavin at Gavin Spurs, who says, when Lamella, Rose, and Wanyama return to fitness, where do you see them getting in this side? Would Lamella be more suited to a ten rather than an inside forward? Good question. What do you think? I think I think Lamella. There's a bit more of an inside forward as well. His pressing game is really strong and it really suits our kind of style of play. When when you think about Rose, I don't... Like I said before, he's not going to walk straight back in a team, that's for sure. No, ben Davis is having too much of a good season. And Wanyama, I think he he does walk straight back in a team because I think he's that much better than Dyer. Yeah. What do you reckon, Sim? Would you go along the lines of that? Would you agree? I think actually playing um, with three up front, we, I don't think we've seen Lamella yet in the three three up top, have we? So I think that'll be very interesting to see how he performs. I think it could suit him well because if he plays in an inside forward role um, where, where either Ericsson or Ali um, play, then it could it could really suit him going forward. Um, obviously, I think Wanyama um, comes in comes in for um, Dyer, in my opinion, because he's so just so strong. Uh, Wanyama, especially you see how he bullied the likes of Kante last season. Um, in those games, so I think we, we're really going to need him. Uh, Rose, obviously, that's yeah, a difficult one because Davis is, is just having playing so well. So we'll see about Rose. But I don't. Uh, going back to Lamella, I don't think he comes straight back, and he's going to be a squad player. He's going to have to settle for that because Son, Ali, and Eriksson performing so well. So I can't see how Lamella will get will get um, back in the team unless he's being rotated. Yeah. Very difficult one. Let's come over to you then, Jay. We've got a question here from I know Alan Gilzine. I'm going to read it out, Jay. It's a long one, but Gilly did send it to me on a private DM, so I'm going to read it out because it's a great question. He says, I'm a little put out by the talk of Harry not having the natural ability of today and yesterday's great players. It used to be said, and still is, about Keegan, and it does my head in a bit anyway. Harry has all the natural 
and preternatural ability in the world. Flicks and tricks and shimmies are not the only natural abilities one needs to play football. He does very, very hard on his game, but so does Messi. I'm not saying he's as wonderful as Messi, who's like the greatest ever, so it's no shame there. Harry's a natural finisher. His movement and appreciation of space and positioning are innate. His touch is good. He can pass very well, long and short, and can make wonderful layoffs. He has improved enormously, but only because of his natural talents. No amount of practice makes someone with his natural gifts as good as Harry is he's two-footed as good as a header can be come on the guys are natural I think his point is Jace why are we not seeing more people kind of allude to the fact that he does seem to have worked so hard to get to where he has been Jace because he's one of those players that it hasn't come all to him straight away well I think if he was if he plays one game for Man United everyone will say all those things about him it's, <laughs> it's just simply that he's playing for Tottenham so you know there, there has to be a drawback to playing for Tottenham and is that you know, how you really see, see it, it Jace? We we see it with other players that move to mm. to clubs that you know that they go from West Brom to to a I don't know like like a Rodwell did to Manchester City when he went from Everton and suddenly as soon as he's been there there comes a call up to the England squad and things. I think it's just it, it really is as basic as that. I think you know most of the pundits. I'm yet to see a pundit that has anything bad to say about Kane. In fairness, you know all the pundits back him, and yet. There still seems to be these doubts, and I have no idea why there is. It's mm. it's very strange. What do you make of that, Ben? Do you put it down to the fact that Jason said that maybe because it's Tottenham, it's not a United, it's not a Chelsea, it's not a City, that there always seems to be that kind of argument that with Spurs players, well, they haven't won anything yet, they're not true winners. Is that we're going to keep hearing that, Ben, until we actually get over the line in something, do you reckon? Yeah, exactly. We're going to keep hearing that until we win something. And there's a lot of also a lot of Guna bias in the media, you know what I mean? I don't know. That's true. <laughs> Sim, do you go along that? Is it the same as that for you, Sim? Is that how you see it? I think we hear a lot of it because we are Chelsea, West Ham and Arsenal. We're all their number one rivals. So we're all, always the banter from them, from them lot, always about Harry Kane. Is, oh, he hasn't won anything and he's not naturally talented or whatever. But uh, listen, who, 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 it doesn't does really matter what these people say. We have Harry Kane. He's the best striker in the league. We, 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 love, we love him to bits. And that's all that matters, really. I, think. I mean, if you ask Ian Wright who he thinks the best striker is in the league, he says Kane. I think yeah. Lee Dixon was on the other, the other night on ITV following the Champions League game. He said Harry Kane. Roy Keane said <laughs> Harry Kane. Alan Shearer says Harry Kane. Uh, Jamie Carragher says Harry Kane. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that the, the, the bias and the silly comments actually come from Twitterland. And as you say, <laughs> if that was to come from a Chelsea fan or a West Ham fan, well, mm-hmm. does it really matter? You know, who would you sooner have, Andy Carroll or Harry Kane? Mm. Exactly. You look like a bit of an idiot as a pundit at the moment if you don't say Harry Kane's the best strike in the mm. Premier League. It's true. It really is. I mean, that's what. And then coming over to you, then, Jason. Well, Zach at the THFC who says Harry has been on fire, but how good has Davinson Sanchez been? He completely more passes, Jason, than anyone else on Saturday afternoon. He's coming. He has been an unsung hero that has slotted in. And Zach reminds us he's only 21, Jason. But you've got to say, this guy, a record signing. He's hit the ground running. And the best you can say about him, Jason, is that. We aren't really noticing what he does, and that you could probably say is one of his best traits at the moment. Whereas in the Lamella argument and Sissoko with the price tag, this guy, he's got on with it, and he's been brilliant, Jess, hasn't he, since he's come in? He has been, and, you know, I have to admit that when we signed him and I saw all those YouTube clips, so many of the, the bits that people were, were, were praising him for were, were worries to me. I didn't like the fact he was diving into last-minute tackles one-on-one and, and having to show his pace and things like that. And then that that Danny Alves incident where everyone was, 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 you know, full of enjoyment for it. I thought, what on earth is he not the bloke over for? Because you do that in the Premier League, the free kick comes in and you can see from the free kick. But, so I had my reservations about him. I wasn't, I wasn't uh, ready to, to herald his arrival, if you like. But in fairness, he's, he's come in and he's, he's looked the part. Um, you know, incredible body strength, isn't he? We saw that incident on Saturday when... Mm. Maybe a referee might have given it as a penalty, but I, I thought it was just a, a really strong use of his body. Um, his tests, I think, you know, the real tests are to come next month, aren't they? Let's be fair. Madrid, Liverpool, West Ham, Man United, Madrid, that run of games. And I think we'll have a, a much better idea of, of, of how Davison Sanchez handles that and whether whether just that little bit of rashness and, and just inexperience, in fairness to him... I'm not saying he's a headless chicken or anything, but at 21 years old, central defenders need experience probably more than any other position on the pitch. And so we'll see how good his positional sense and decision-making is 
in that next month. And let's let's hope that we'll be sitting here in a month's time with the, with the same answer to that question and, and and realizing he's very much a part of this side. Yeah, fingers crossed, boys. Very quick, let's come to you first, Ben. You've been happy with Sanchez since he's joined the club. Well, yeah, I didn't I didn't know much about him before we spoke to uh, Ajax Daily, who who filled us in, and they said he was just an amazing player. Mm. When he when I saw him in the team, his positional sense second to none. He looks really strong on the ball. But having said that, he has got caught out a couple of times and he did get bullied by uh, Andy Carroll a tiny bit in that game against West Ham. Uh, I remember him getting pushed off the ball once. Um, but having said that, you saw his when he pushed Danny Alves off the ball oh, in yeah. the international game for Colombia. Yeah. <laughs> that was just wow. Yeah. Um, he looks like he's going to turn into a real uh, strong player, but I still think he's getting used to the Premier League and it's going to take a bit of time to get fully there. Sim, let's come back round to you. We've got a question here um, from Nick at iHawk Nick. It's about Ben Davis. Now, we've spoken about at length tonight. There's just a couple of ones on him. He's asked me what has made Ben Davis so much better now than he was before. And also, again, that question about Danny Rose potentially coming back for that Champions League game. Is it a no-brainer for you there, Sim? Would you put him back in, Rose, or would you stick with Davis? I wouldn't, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with Davis. I wouldn't rush Rose back in, and um, for, for sure, especially given how well Davis is playing. Um, so Davis definitely gets to start for me. But in terms of what Davis has been doing, um, that's changed. I just think, first of all, run of games, which he hasn't been having, just so much more confidence in his play yep. that, he didn't have, that he didn't have before, so much confidence in him. And you could see in his physical work how much stamina and his pace has increased as well. And I just think getting that consistent run of games, playing week in, week out, like he has done pretty much since January last season, um, where we've, we've pretty much won like 80% of games uh, since, since like they're, they're in the Premier League anyway, since, since Davis has come in. I think that confidence has really uh, exuded in, in his play. And you can even see that when he's bringing balls down um, from, from goal kicks with, his, with a first touch and, and, and bringing, bringing them into play, his, his quick passing into feet, into Harry Kane from like the halfway line kind of area. I, I just think he's really stepped up his game um, due to the, just the consistency of how, how, how he's playing. But the yeah. question is, do you think um, Danny Rose had to Google Ben Davis when he joined Spurs? <laughs> <laughs> I was Probably waiting. Had... 51 minutes is taken for that one. I like that. Brilliant. <laughs> Jace, let's come back around to you. I think we're questioning. I think he's winning uh, the question of the week for the second week running of his packs to that Pat Bosto, who says, what will be met in terms of the, uh, the speculation over Ben Davis potentially moving to an elite club? Do you think we can match his ambitions, Jace? Yeah, it's a, it's a brilliant question. I, I don't think we can match Ben Davis's uh, ambitions, no, no. So we're we're just a small club, you know. We're, we're a mid-table, nothing club, and he'll be far better joining a, an elite club like a Barcelona and doing what oh, Thomas geez. Vermaelen did, you know, just sitting there <laughs> in the reserves and just playing once or twice a year. Have we got to start paying him what he's worth, then, Jace? We've, well, we've definitely got to be paying him a lot more than Danny Rose because he's worth a lot more at the moment. Oh, no. He's making sure Rose gets paid what he's worth. That's what he's doing. That's very true. I'll tell you, it's going to be a very interesting time. When them two come back and battle it out, it's going to be very interesting. It should be great for the team as well. We've seen it before with the likes of... I said when Davis did come onto the scene with Rose, those two, like I say, they spurred on each other. Let's hope for that until the rest of the season anyway, whatever happens with Danny Rose, that we can try and get that relationship where whatever happens, it's for the benefit of Tottenham. Uh, Jace, we're going to end tonight's live Last question. Going to come over to you. This is from Ristad O'Canal. I do apologise if I've pronounced that wrong. That was in Irish. I do apologise. Um, he says, recently listening, top job by all. Thank you very much. He says, great win. Need to build the confidence up for Wembley form. But if we don't finish in the top four and no cup, is Pochettino in trouble of losing his job? Could Levy be saying to himself that he could get any top manager right now with the new stadium on the horizon? It's a good question, Jace. That's um... why I'm asking this one. So it's a bit of a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, I think that there's three parts for me. Is he in danger of losing his job from Daniel Levy? No, I don't think Daniel Levy would do. I think Daniel Levy sees him as as being very much the manager to take us into that new stadium, even if we if we don't achieve either of those two aims this year. The second point, the, the second part for me is the supporters. I think there would be a lot more criticism come the end of this season and more fans saying, is he the man to take us to the next level? Which Which to me would be ridiculous, but I think... You know, we've seen a couple of times before, haven't we? Last year when we went on that run mm, of yeah, yeah. no wings in 10 or whatever. Mm. You know, just, just how close the, the, and how many supporters were on his back then and saying, you know, he's tactically clueless. He hasn't got this, he hasn't got that. 
And the, the biggest danger, I think, to, to his long-term future, if we don't finish in the top four and we don't win a cup, is that one or two of those players will see that as a backward step and they may well want to leave. And we saw at Southampton, if if a few of the, the players that he's brought through do leave, I'm not so sure he'd want to stay around and think, right, I'll have to start from scratch again. So I, I think there's far more danger from the other players and the supporters themselves than there is from Daniel Levy. Come over to you, Ben. What do you make of those thoughts then from Jason with regards to Pochettino, his job being in trouble? Surely, coming over to you, Ben, as we've just said, that Poch is in love with Daniel Levy. The fans love him. No he'll be, chance. He'll be here for a long time, isn't he? He'll be here for a long time, fingers no crossed. He's, he's here until he says he goes, basically. Oh, you think that, yeah? You honestly think that? <laughs> Apart from if he outstays his welcome, like a certain <laughs> French man from down the road. Well, well I wonder why that was kind of come on. <laughs> You know, we've we've had so many forced dawns with managers and so many nearly men, and I think this guy's the real deal. You see where where he, we were when he took over and where we are now. It's just it's beyond all our dreams, basically, where we yeah, are at the yeah. moment. A million miles apart, isn't it? Sim, um, Gavin, you're going to echo those thoughts. Yeah, hundred percent. Obviously, if um, it becomes it becomes a difficult question if we were to drop out the top four and then also not win a trophy. Is he under pressure? Possibly. If- especially if we start the season badly next season. But I think you've got, to, you've got to give him... I think he has to be able to see out this season and um, go into next season. I th- I don't think he, he'll be sacked if, uh, if those things were to happen. I think it would be a ridiculous decision. But it all depends. It all depends on context of how the season's going, obviously. But um, if you ask me now, I'd say no, he, he, he would stay. He'll stay next season. Yeah. And I say, it's, so, the thing with Tottenham is that we've down the, down the years we've been known for being a bit of a drama club. And you feel at the moment... Yeah. Everything's going so well. You just think, when is when is this next Tottenham drama going to happen? As bad as it is as Tottenham fans, you always think, come on, when's the next one? It's been a while. <laughs> I've been waiting for it for two years. Yeah. Oh, honestly, honestly, yeah. this fingers crossed, hope he's going to be here for a, a very, very long time. And final question of the night has come from Hotspur Sam, at Hotspur Sam, who says, should the Tottenham Hotspur ladies team go full-time pro tier one in the new revamped women's league? Now, we have recognised there was a great win from the ladies at the weekend, so well done to them. I mean, is our intention, hopefully in the next week or so, to get along to a ladies game, where then we can hopefully give some feedback and interaction from hopefully one of the girls and some feedback from us, because like I say, we want to try our best to kind of cover all aspects of Tottenham, whether it's the first team, whether it's the reserves, or whether it's the ladies. And Jace, we are going to try, aren't we? Our very best to kind of get along to a game in the next fortnight or so. Yeah, I've just booked tickets today for for the weekend's game, which is Sunday at two o'clock at uh, Barnet, where the Spurs ladies play Barnet. Tickets four pound a ticket, so yeah. you know, good good to see as many people get along there as we can, particularly as it's uh, an international weekend and there's no no first team game. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, well, like I say, guys, as Jason said there, tickets £4, get yourselves along, go and support all aspects of Tottenham, doesn't have to be the first team. And as always, guys, thank you so much for all of your questions. If you want to get involved on the debate with us, all you've got to do is tweet us at last word on Spurs, leaving your question with the hashtag LWOS. Now, before I forget, Hugo Lloris, we gave him a little bit of a rollicking last week against the Apoel uh, with regards to distribution. We have to say that he now has kept more Premier League clean sheets for Spurs than any other Spurs goalkeeper, 63. So we have to give that a mention. We love Hugo, bless him, and he was back on form. As we stand at the moment, guys, I'm going to come across to you first, Ben. We are going to do a review next week, myself and Jason, along with a couple of other chaps on the season so far. But how do you see things at the moment, Ben? Are you happy with the start so far? Marks out of 10. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly happy with the way things have gone. Obviously, uh, the Wembley thing, uh, we haven't won a game at home yet this season. Mm-hmm. But our away form has kind of compensated for it. And if we would have carried our home form on from White Hart Lane last season, we would be top of the league. Um, yep. Marks out of 10, I'd probably give it a 7, just because of our Champions League campaign as well. I feel that if we were, if we can kind of get our Wembley campaign up and running, then we're in for a big title challenge this season. Oh, fingers crossed. Wouldn't that be great? Come over to you, Sim. Is that how you see it? Do you see any difference to Ben at all? Yeah, I agree. I think a 7 out of 10 is pretty accurate assessment of how the season has gone so far. I think our waveform's been second to none, obviously, four out of four wins. So it's kind of, yeah, as Ben said, it's kind of counterbalanced our home form. But we do really need to sort out how we're, how, how the results we're getting at home because draws against Burnley and Swansea um, 
it's going to need to be offset with wins against some of the bigger teams. So that, that that needs to be sorted out. But I think our Champions League campaign, after what happened last season, is a real breath of fresh air. It's a real relief that we started so well and we've got two wins out of two. And now we can really look forward to these games against Madrid. Um, I think our new signings have settled in pretty well, pretty quickly. And I think that um, obviously Harry Kane... Ali and Ericsson have continued how they finished off last season. So I'm pretty happy with how things, how things are going at the moment. If we can get another title challenge and, you know, reach the latter stages of the Champions League, then we look on set for that. So I'm pretty happy with how things are going at the moment. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, coming over to you, Jace, we're going to do a more in-depth review next week. So save maybe your marks for the season at the moment. But if I ask you to look at the league, Jace, I know we're only seven games in, so it's very, very early to start looking at a table. But at this stage, you do start seeing, Jace, potentially seven to ten games. It starts to form. There is a five-point gap, Jace, between us, United and City. Is that a worry for you at all at the moment? It would only be a worry if it, you know, if it becomes eight, nine, ten points type of thing. Five... Five I can live with, but we don't want it to get too big. So just where we were going into the season, we were the, the side that everyone was saying was standing still and everyone's yeah. going past us. And yeah. there you go. We, we sit there in third place tonight with, with the two Manchester clubs. I think, you know, our away form has been exceptional, hasn't it? We, there's no criticism of that. The other big ask was, will we improve in Europe? Well, the win against Dortmund shows that we have made a step there. But, you know, probably from the Premier League, We've only had that one big Premier League test, which was the Chelsea, and we lost that game. So I think we'll find out in October a lot more about us when we have those Madrid games, the Liverpool game, the Man United game. And now, you know, let's be fair, we've got a really important League Cup tie as well. So yeah. I think, you know, sit here in October, if we're, if we're second or third at the end of October and we're still in the top two of our Champions League group, then, then you definitely say it's been a fantastic start. Yeah, you would indeed. I mean, like I say, and you look at the team from Saturday, we've still got the likes of Aurea, Dembele, Wanyama, Lamella and Rose to get back into this Tottenham side. So all really, really good positive signs that hopefully it's going to be another strong season for us. Guys, I have to say thank you so much, Ben, Sim, for coming on tonight. Thoroughly enjoyed it. You guys have been amazing. Thanks for coming on. Cheers, Ricky. Yeah, absolute pleasure, Ricky. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Honestly, we'll definitely get you guys back on soon. Been really, really good. And Jace, thank you as always. That's all right, mate. Good to be back. Yeah, it really has been. Well, we're going to be back next week for a special show where we'll be doing a midterm report on Tottenham season so far. Watch out for that one. And as always, guys, as we go into a dreaded international break with no Tottenham, come on, you Spurs! Come on, you Spurs! Come on, you Spurs! Harry Kane could be in here. Harry Kane doing what he has done so prolifically this month. And this one will come to Ben Davis, who's done on Tottenham's lead. Turning away from trouble and causing trouble. That's an absolute delight from Harry Kane. Everything he touches right now is absolutely glorious. And it's bundling. Tottenham hit a fourth in stoppage time at the end of the match. And Musa Sissoko will claim his first Premier League goal for Tottenham. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.